This is Working Tech, where we talk about how tech can work harder so we can work better. Because hardly working isn't an option. Many of the challenges that organizations face with technology, particularly mid-size and larger organizations, they're not that different. You know, the technologies certainly are different, but the challenges, the opportunities, and the barriers that they may have to overcome in order to get the best value out of technology, those hardly seem to change, or they change slowly. So that's kind of interesting at the same time. Hey, everybody. This is Kevin W. Grossman, creator and co-founder of the Working Tech Podcast and one of the co-hosts. Myself, along with co-founder and co-host Bill Bannum, welcome you to our new series where we'll talk about all things tech in the working world around us, including HR, recruiting, and related technologies. Our guests will include those who make the magic happen so we can all work better. Here's the thing. Yes, there's a lot of hemming and hawing about artificial intelligence, machine learning, and whether or not the robots are taking over anytime soon, but the grounded reality is that we all need more empathy in the world of work today, and that's something only other humans can give us. Thankfully, we've got the 20th annual HR Technology Conference coming October 10th through the 13th in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we can all come together to commiserate and rethink the HR technology of today and tomorrow. Enjoy this conversation I have with Steve Bowes, HR Technology Conference co-chair and president and co-founder of H3 HR Advisors and HR Happy Hour. In fact, use the discount code STEVE200 and get an additional $200 off the going HR Tech Conference rate. Steve, thank you so much for being on Working Tech. First of all, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days and how you got there. Yeah, Kevin, thanks so much. Uh, Great to be here. I am mostly working right now as we speak on the HR Tech Conference happening in October. Uh, So about as we speak, about six weeks from now as as the date of us uh, talking and uh, just finalizing some last minute details, working on some fun elements that we'll be doing this year at the show involving some new innovative technologies, involving our hackathon, involving some Ignite speeches. So, you know, just lots to do and just helping to get the word out about HR Tech. We're excited. It's our 20th anniversary event, I should say, for the conference. And we're really excited that this year is going to be the biggest and best ever. So mostly doing that. And then, you know, of course, doing all my my other things. Uh, I do the HR Happy Hour show with Trish McFarlane, of course. I do my blog. I do, uh, you know, a little bit of dabbling in, uh, you know, semi-professional basketball. So I'm busy. Kevin, very busy. <laughs> nice. A little little dabbling in semi-professional yeah. basketball. I'm dabbling. I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. making myself available for the draft. And no, <laughs> no, one's, no one's bitten yet, but I'm trying. Wow, that's awesome. No, we'll, we'll actually, I'll loop back on that one at, towards the end when, I, when, we, when we talk about what, what are things that you're doing when you're hardly working. But anyway, right. but even though that's all work, it's all, that's, that's hard work itself too. So 20 years, how many, that's like what, 150,000 years in, in software years? 20 years of HR tech? Come on. Yeah, wow. it's crazy to think about it, uh, what enterprise, the changes in enterprise technology in the last 20 years, which is probably about, you know, roughly, let's just say roughly, Kevin, between you and I, it's roughly about the same amount of time I've been interested in enterprise technology <laughs> in a number of different capacities. And I think about what kinds of technologies we were using in organizations and deploying in organizations or, or selling or, or, or supporting. and it's changed a lot. Uh, so in some ways, it, it's hardly recognizable. But in other ways, many of the challenges that organizations face with technology, particularly mid-size and larger organizations, they're not that different. You know, the technologies certainly are different, but the challenges, the opportunities, and the barriers that they may have to overcome in order to get the best value out of technology, those hardly seem to change or they change slowly. So that, that's kind of interesting at the same time. 
Let's talk about, as it relates to that, again, 20 years, gosh, HR Tech Show, that's amazing. You've also been the, the conference co-chair for about, is it almost five years now? Is that is that right? Yeah, I think, I, I want to say, I should have looked that up and I should probably know. Let's just call it five. I feel like it's longer, but let's let's just say five. Well, I looked it, I looked it up and it and I think it was is five. Is that what it does? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm if you sure looked it up, then that, that's the truth. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it feels like, I mean, it's just, it's always a lot of planning. Anybody that's ever put a, an amazing event together like this knows that it's not for the faint of heart. I can tell you that right now. Right. I mean, it's good. It's exciting, yeah. but it's a it, lot of work. It's a yeah, lot. Of every, work. I've done every job pretty much in this space in terms of large job categories, right? I've been on product teams. I've been a buyer and a consumer of these technologies. I've been a consultant. I've been an implementer. Now I'm doing the, I've been, you know, doing advisory analyst stuff. Now I'm doing the, I've been doing the conference for a while. I don't, I don't think it's the hardest job in the space, but I think it's hard. So we'll leave it at that. There um, we go. We'll, we'll, we'll split the hairs. We'll meet in the middle and say that it's, it's hard. So what I want to ask you then is that you and I both are old dogs in the space. And, and, um, prim- and I, right, for me, I primarily come from the HR recruiting technology side of the space for a long time. And I like to always joke that I play HR and recruiting on TV. And the, the fact of the matter is there's a lot that we have seen in the past 20 years of, of this conference that's, that's been, been around in enterprise software. What you, and you just referenced this already, but what has changed dramatically? Give us a couple of highlights and what do you think, if anything, has remained the same? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll say one big thing and there's a couple fall off things that sort of come from there. Um, without getting too geeky, technical and in, in, in the weeds, I mean, everybody's heard of cloud, everyone's heard of software as a service, everyone's heard of... Um, uh, kind of rapid iteration and in, in the advantages that uh, it, that can accrue to organizations from adopting cloud-based technologies. I'm talking about it so long, it's sort of boring and I'm tired of even <laughs> kind of talking about it. But if I had to say one thing, what's the one big thing in 20 years that's had the most impact on enterprise technology, it would be that, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's dramatically changed the way Software is built, software is deployed, software is supported. It's in many instances, it's decreased the overall cost of ownership of software for organizations. Not always, but, but in many instances it has. But if, and, and, la- and two other things that are really interesting. One is it's, it's kind of kick-started innovation and development and the startup ecosystem and the development of new ideas in the HR tech and the recruiting tech space, you know, cloud technologies and almost limitless storage capacity and, you know, a startup can spin themselves up on Amazon web services really, really quickly and pretty inexpensively and begin to offer services to enterprise clients. That used to never happen, right? right. Back, in the, back in the old days when that software had to be installed, say on a, a General Motors or an Exxon or you name the big companies, you know, own systems, that used to never happen. And so it's, it's really kickstarted innovation and development and excitement in the industry. And I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but just a ton of investment, particularly in the last four or five years, probably. Kevin, you follow the space pretty closely. The amount of investment, VCs, buyouts, acquisition activity, just the ton of interest and money coming into the space. Heck, yep. I, you know, I watch CNBC a little bit. I don't know how, how closely you follow that stuff. Uh, one of the big corporate Raider guys is, is, is taking a run at, you know, one of the most our most venerable HR tech companies and ADP, right, is in the news in the last couple of weeks. Hugely exciting. And I think that's the big thing, Kevin. I think those changes in how software is created, deployed, supported, and kind of leveraged by organizations and all the fall-off things that happen, including, you know, I should mention as well, empowering HR and recruiting leaders much more 
in the software and uh, evaluation process, the software selection process, as well as kind of the software kind of enhancement process as well. It's, it's, it's shifted a little bit of power in organizations to actual users and actual business leaders and a little bit away from kind of IT who owned all the technology in, in organizations, you know, for most of the last 25 years. But, but not, it sounds like, and I'm going to have to definitely look at, I missed that story about the Raiders of the Lost HR software. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. It's ADP and, and there's a guy called Bill Ackman who's been taking a run at them lately. And it's been quite an interesting little story to follow. Well, I know, you know, th- thanks to another uh, mutual friend of ours in the space, George LaRock, who's, who's always posting all the time with all the different investment that's going on in, in our space. I mean, th- this, I know of the first half of this year, it was like well over 500 million investment in HR and related and recruiting technologies um, overall. I mean, that's, it's, it's always funny just because it is, it's, it's just never been, it's the, the glamorous side of, of, of any, of any part of any software in the enterprise software space period. But it's, um, there is a lot going on. It does feel like that more than ever, the excitement. So let, so that, that said, there, there's a, a lot of different topics, a lot of things that HR and IT pros should be focused on today, right? So what are some of those topics then? And that include recruiting, that include HR, and then you know the IT aspect. Because I, it sounded like you were you were kind of making the 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 statement that there's we've gone a we've gone a little bit away from the old days of install base, but there's still vestiges there as well, right? Yeah, oh, there are some, right? You can find again, particularly in the the mid market to the to the enterprise space. Yeah, you, you can run into some pretty large organizations that are still running pretty substantial percentages or um, amounts of their enterprise software stack either on their own premises or kind of in a dedicated hosting environment, which is, I mean, a remnant of the old, um, you know, um, ASP model, right. From the, from the old days, from the nineties and, and and for lots of organizations. And I had some experience with this as well. When I worked at Oracle, uh, that's, that's perfectly fine, right. There are still many organizations and, and some a little bit more highly regulated industries as well that have yet to move large components of their infrastructure off to the cloud. And, and that's okay for them for a while. And they're right. really big, really capable enterprise companies that are servicing really large numbers of customers. And these are the kind of the companies that you think it's, it's SAP, it's Oracle, it's uh, Infor, it's, uh, you know, a couple of others. And, and they're doing a great job. And, and many of those customers are, are, are supremely happy. Having said all that, right, you think about the innovation and the investment that we've been talking about a little bit, all of the newer technologies, anything introduced in the last decade or so, right, and, and especially the edge technologies when we're talking recruiting. So right. think of things like automated referral programs, video interviewing programs, enhanced screening programs, matching mm-hmm. programs, any of the AI stuff that's any one of the dozens of new AI companies that hit like every seemingly every every month that are going to do a better job at matching people and matching profiles to jobs, right? That's all cloud stuff, right? There's, there's none of that that organizations are going to own and, and install and run on their own servers. It just doesn't, A, it doesn't make any sense, and B, it's just not possible, right? So um, over time, and it's been happening over, over time. It's been a while. In fact, Trish and I just did a podcast about sort of the macro internet trends and some of the influence uh, or and the importance of these macro internet trends on HR and HR tech. And it's really just about now in 2016 that overall enterprise IT spend has kind of hit that tipping point where more of it or 51% say is cloud-based infrastructure spend 
versus non-cloud-based infrastructure spend. We've just hit that. And wow. I know in HR, we seem like we've been talking about this for a very, very, very long time. Sure. But, uh, it, you know, just like any other kind of uh, um, technological sea change, you know, the hype part of it, right? We, it just, we, we all talk about it so much. And those of us who follow it really, really closely, sometimes it's easy to convince ourselves it's a bigger deal than it is yet out in the real world and, until in the real world sort of has to catch up with, with the hype sometimes. In addition to that tipping point that you just outlined as well, what are, what are some of the other kind of key hot topics that for talent acquisition, HR, IT pros? That's kind of where I started and got segue, but it was a good segue. Um, that either the, per the HR technology conference this year, as well as your everyday conversations, what are some of the, the key conversations that you're having and will be had? Yeah, I think there's a lot. So uh, some of this in our conference is a global conference, but it is a little U.S. focused, right? Although I would say some of this is true most developed economies in the world with some slight, slight modifications depending on, on the country, is we're in an environment of really low unemployment, really high numbers of job openings. Perhaps mm-hmm. the last BLS report was 6.1 million open jobs in the United States, which is a, a record high since they've been tracking that statistic for since 2000, I believe they started doing that. The ratio of unemployed persons to um, open jobs, and I mean officially unemployed persons, right? That that ratio keeps bottoming out. It's like 1.1 now, right? To give some context uh, at at, at the kind of the bottom of the recession, right? Just before we started coming out of it in the US in about 2008, that number was 6.8 to one or six, almost seven unemployed persons officially to open jobs, right? At the same time. So that number's done nothing but go in the other direction. So a lot of, a lot of words to say labor in most markets, many markets, and in, in, in many of the markets folks who listen to this would be recruiting for, trying to find people for, retain people for, town's incredibly tight right now. Right? Uh-huh. And no one, that's, I'm not breaking any news here, right? Anybody who's in this business kind of knows that. On the tech side, though, to get back to the question, what we're seeing plenty more of, and I sort of joked about it a second ago, is more and more tools designed to help organizations find those right people, find them faster, hone in on those specific skills, competencies, backgrounds, characteristics of them that would more likely to make them, uh, that are likely to make them a success in the role and to do that much more quickly. Part of that reason is, well, we want better matches, right? We want to make better matches of candidates, of course, because that, you know, we think anyway, will ensure uh, better uh, job performance, better job satisfaction, happier people, better better overall productivity, et cetera, et cetera. But also we just don't have time, right? If we, if, if organizations wait too long on third interview, fourth interview, fifth interview, let's, have, let's do another group interview. Let's do another coding test kinds of things in order to really make that decision if a particular candidate's the right candidate. If that candidate's any good at all, and even if they're just kind of good, they have other opportunities, right? And so I think some of this, some of the things I'm seeing is, is not, it's not just around making a better match. It's also about trying to do everything much, much, much faster. Right. Much faster. And you know what? I'll tell you the two most negative reasons, this is per the talent board research that I, that I run, the candies, the two most negative reasons that the candidates withdraw themselves from the hiring process, whatever point of that, that is. Number one is their time was disrespected at interviews and appointments. And the second one is it just took too damn long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just took too damn long, period. And you're right. Even if somebody's even part has some is somewhat qualified for the role, especially to, in today's market, 
they're gone. They're not going to wait yeah. that long. So, so that said then, so what are some of the things that, you know, maybe, and I don't know whether there's, you know, sneak peeks or things you could talk about that's going to be at HR, HR tech. And I know that, you know, there's a little bit, been a little bit of a bifurcation too, as well, because you've got the HR technology conference, which does include recruiting still. And then there's the recruiting trends conference that will be later on in the year that mm-hmm. LLB puts on. But that said, let's just keep it on HR tech then. What what are some of the the you know the recruiting technologies that that you're you're looking at today that you're excited about to, an, to kind of answer some of those questions we just we just posed or the the challenges that are there, and I always I'm infamous at doing like the two three five part question Steve so forgive me, but um but really focusing what are the recruiting technologies and how does that relate also I want to kind of dovetail into the artificial intelligence and machine learning realities today because that we're seeing I'm seeing a lot more of that in recruiting technology a lot of experimentation going on, bots, you name it. So that was a big, that's a big one for you, but just kind of, what are some quick hits there? Yeah, I mean, so much of this, um, as it's been approached by particularly the the HCM kind of platform providers has been um, around a couple of things. One is let's figure out in an organization and then as well more broadly cross you know, anonymized data from thousands potentially, or even millions, right, of, of HR and, and person or person profile records and performance records we have in our cloud. And the cloud is also, you know, the cloud's driven a lot of this kind of development as well, is to try to, to help organizations identify more closely, more accurately, what's that success profile for a given role uh-huh. in a given territory or in a given part of the business in a given kind of uh, discipline whatever it is, right? Let's identify the things based on data, based on history, based on smart algorithms, if you will. And this is kind of where the machine learning things come in. Just in the words get con, con, you, know, you know, mixed up a little bit yes. and confounded a little bit. But yeah. so, and it doesn't really matter either what the precise definition of AI and machine learning is right now for this discussion. But it's basically saying, let's look at all the data that we have, figure out what's the profile of the person who's likely to succeed What's the kind of person we should be looking for, right? And this is no different, right, than hiring managers and organizations have done forever, right? Right. They said, well, we hired uh, this person and they came from this school, they had this major, they knew these three skills, maybe they had experience in this particular company before they came here, and then, then they worked out really well and they get along great with the team, blah, 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 right? And so they tell their recruiters, find another person like that, right? And so that was all done based on kind of observation, anecdotal, a little bit of gut feeling. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, right? So, but it's the same kind of approach. Who's likely to succeed in this organization based on what factors are important in this organization? And this is where the machine learning comes in because, because some things are more important than others and some things aren't important at all, right? And so a great example of this I heard a couple of years ago was from uh, a company that was using pretty detailed assessment technology in order to, to, to screen through candidates. And when they applied kind of the same assessments to their current performers, they identified these three characteristics that were the most important, right, in determining, or the most predictive, I'll say, right. the most predictive in, in, in predicting success at a particular role. And it was kind of a semi-skilled to low-skilled kind of role, high turnover kind of thing. It was in a retail environment. And what it, t- it turns out, the things that they were screening for and the things the recruiters were tossing resumes out of the pile, you know, often had very little to do with performance once they got into the organization. So they had to learn to screen for things like uh, timeliness, agreeableness, and ability to influence people. because these jobs were about selling, upselling often, right? You know, yeah. would, you like, would you like the larger Coke for a dollar more, mister? Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. That's right. That's right. 
and had nothing to do with things like what, what they were majoring in in college and what their GPA was and what other jobs, if they had any jobs before. So the assessments were modified to develop ones that were more likely to predict presence of those traits that they deemed important, right? And that, but that took a long time for them to figure it out, right? And they still had to convince certain higher level folks in the organization that, hey, applicant Steve here only has a 2.1 GPA, but that's fine. You know, he tested out agreeable and timeliness and he'll do fine, right? And he doesn't go to the best school and he's never had a job before and his GPA is crap, but we should hire him anyway, right? <laughs> right. So right. That, that's, I mean, that's kind of an, you know, just an example of it. There's, you know, ton, and there's lots of ways to approach this, to approach that problem and try to come up with solutions to that problem. There's probably a dozen companies, if not more, doing it now. And the platform, the platform providers are all playing around in it as well. Right. And, um, and that, to me, is the biggest thing. It sounds kind of simple, but if it was really simple, you know, like someone would have really, really cracked it by now. And, and you know, we wouldn't have, you know, quote unquote, bad hires. We wouldn't have a lot of turnover. Your turnover rates would start coming down in some of these higher turnover roles that, where this technology has been deployed. So that's, to me, in a nutshell, so I'll give you a very long answer, but anything that surrounds that kind of process of identifying the right people and doing it more quickly and honing in on those specific things that are important in the hiring process. Those are the things we'll see. They'll, they'll be at HR Tech. They've been kind of been developed for, been in development for a while. And you'll see lots of that this year for sure. Well, that's one thing that uh, I'm, I'm very excited about hear, hearing more about and seeing more about. And, and I've been in and around it talking to a lot of different companies that are doing lots of cool things, either on the assessment side or as well as um, just on the, even the customer service side, because the whole thing with chatbots, which really not really edging into yet the machine learning, quote unquote, AI, but being able to be, have put a more of a customer service face to employment and and freeing up more time. This is where I get excited, freeing up more time for the recruiting teams and, and the HR teams to really to just up their game when it comes, comes to candidate and customer experience, which is something yeah. I haven't, I mean, done, you, haven't right. done very much. For, and now, I mean, we've seen, I've seen it in the research. I mean, there's companies we celebrate at the candies that, are, that have been doing it and investing it a lot. But now with the combination of the people, the technology and the process that they're trying to, to, to figure out and improve on, we're, we're getting there. And they know the competitive edge, especially in a market like this, is the timeliness factor, is the, com the, the communication and feedback loops. They're huge. Right. They're huge. So listen, I wanted to ask you really quick about HR Happy Hour because you know, you've been doing this a, a long time, even, even longer than me um, when it comes to doing shows like this, podcasts, et cetera, and live shows. What's one thing, that, I mean, maybe you don't have a go-to question that you ask all your guests, but what's one thing that you like to really make sure that you get done every time you do a show? Just kind of a big macro question for you. Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, so we probably do, Trish and I, Trish McFarlane and I who do the show together, we probably are maybe running about 50-50 in terms of the shows that we do that's just the two of us yep. talking and the shows where we will have a guest on. And I, I think for me, for guests, uh, if they've got an interesting backstory, I'd like to hear about that. Like if, if maybe they came to, we're often talking to HR people or people in the HR tech space. So if they've got, you know, some other kind of backstory or something, maybe they were in the military or maybe they were, you know, a rodeo clown for a while, or maybe they did like some interesting kind of work or when some interesting role that was kind of adjacent or maybe completely uh, different than our industry. Those are, I'm interested in that. So when I see those things pop up, if I read someone's bio and 
because, oh, you know, I was a submarine captain for five years. You know, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit and, and, and kind of tease out a little bit of, of maybe what they learned uh, or what that those experiences brought to them uh, to do into the role that they have now. So I'm interested in that. And if anything, and if I ever get a sniff of anybody's a basketball fan, of course, I'll, uh, <laughs> of course. I'll talk to them about that for an hour, an hour, an hour. So uh, those are the things I like. But actually, I got to tell you, and Trish will yell at me. I like the shows that Trish and I just do together probably a little bit more now. We've been, we've been doing them so long, and I feel like I've got plenty to say. And she's got you know, so much great insight. She's had so many great roles as an HR leader, as an HR right. executive, a product executive now, an analyst. So I feel, like, uh, I feel a little bit like, hey, we're just going to take this on ourselves this time. And I, I like doing shows like that as well. Excellent. Well, now that we're going to, we're going to come full circle because I want to get back to um, besides everything else that we've been talking about, what you're, what else you're doing besides work and that's, and what, so what's this about dabbling in semi-professional basketball? What's that? Yeah, I'm dabbling. I'm waiting for the, you know, the New York Knicks who are going to be terrible. They're my team to tap me on the shoulder, but no, I mean, when I'm not doing, doing what I do, I, I think about this stuff a lot. I think about work and workplaces and, and how to make work better. Like, everyone's had their share of, of bad work experiences, bad jobs, terrible bosses, just horrible experiences. And I have a son who's uh, going to be a junior in high school uh, coming up in, in just a couple of weeks when they start back. And I think about like what, he, I don't know what kind of career he's going to have, what he wants to do really so much. And I'm sure he doesn't either yet, but I think about like, I hope he has, he doesn't have to run through seven lousy jobs before he finds a really good one. And I don't mean by that saying, seven jobs that aren't going to be your real career, but just, I mean, have, having good work experiences throughout his working career. And I, and I wish that for everybody who's entering the workplace now. So when I'm not sort of doing the official job, I'm sort of like, I'm thinking about the podcast. I'm thinking about stuff I write. I'm just thinking about like work overall and, and, and kind of, I, I really do want to be more, maybe more so even in, than I've been. I want to be an advocate for for work as a great experience as a, as a not just for it makes you money to pay the bills and feed your family but beyond that enriching social fun uh caring um supportive i've done we talked about the podcast a little bit but virgin pulse is the sponsor of my podcast the hr happy hour and uh-huh. they're doing amazing things with organizations that they work with around well-being right that whole person concept and, and organizations really looking to support their employees not just, you know, not just with financial, not just with emotional, not just with physical, but that overall developmental, right? That right. overall, like we're going to care about you as a person, the whole person, right? And your family and your community and our community, right? And they're doing really amazing things there. And uh, so I'm interested mostly in that. So when I'm not sort of working and watching basketball, <laughs> I'm trying to think about how can I be a better advocate for, for organizations that are really doing the right thing by people. Well, I, amen, brother, and hashtag right on for that one. That's um, I'm right in the same boat with you, and I, I, I and that's I love the fact that you're doing that. And Virgin Pulse is they've got they've got some a pretty amazing platform, and uh, yeah, great, great, and, and really great people too. I think some of that comes right from you know Richard Branson, right, yeah. and his philosophy, and everybody knows who he is, and you can read up on his philosophy about caring for people, caring for employees, who you know who will then care for the business and care for the customers. Absolutely. And it's just, I, w- I wish more folks would sort of jump on board with that as well. So. Agreed, my friend. I, indeed. Listen, lastly, how, so really excited about HR Tech. It's in Vegas. It's the, uh, what is it again? The 10th through the 13th. Is that right? October 10th through 13th. That's correct. Las Vegas at the Venetian. Uh, you can get information at www.hrtechconference.com. 
And if you are thinking about coming out and, and you want to register, it doesn't matter when you hear this, no matter if it's the day before the conference, I have a code, Kevin, I'd like to share. It's just a discount code. It's my name, Steve. 200 steve 200 nice 200 bucks off whatever the going rate is at that point you know how it's like the early bird the second early bird there's yep. all that kind yep. of things happen in commerce yeah. what, whenever day you register if you use that code steve 200 you get 200 bucks off whatever the rate is and i'd love to see folks out there and i appreciate you uh kevin for letting me mention that oh absolutely steve steve 200 we will definitely use that i'll make sure to, to promote that when the show goes live too which will be um uh, very very soon so steve awesome. thanks again so much for being on working tech appreciate it look forward to seeing you in vegas kevin thank you so much i appreciate it and look forward to seeing you too and everybody else out there it's going to be a great event awesome thanks steve thank you we'll be back with more working tech soon Until then, be good and work better. Brought to you by ReachWest Media and the HR Gazette. Hey everybody, this is Kevin W. Grossman, creator and co-founder of the Working Tech Podcast. For those keeping score at home, I just wanted to let you know that there will be sponsorship, advertising, and licensing opportunities coming soon for Working Tech. Stay tuned. Working Tech rocks. Because hardly working. Say it again. Because hardly working. One more time. Because hardly working. Because we know. Say because hardly working isn't an option. Because hardly working.